Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, and welcome to Pregnancy Confidential, week 14, the TMI episode. Pregnancy Confidential is a girlfriend-to-girlfriend real talk podcast from the folks at Parents Magazine, where we have your back and bump through all 40 weeks. I'm Dana Points, the editor of Parents and a mom of two, and with me today is... Erica Janes, digital director of Parents.com and a mom of two. And... Julia Dennison, managing editor of the Parents Network of websites, including Parents.com and FitPregnancy.com. And I am pregnant, and week 14 was last week for me, so I remember it well. So it's too fresh in your mind, <laughs> perhaps. So at week 14, you're well and truly into your second trimester, and with it comes a whole bunch of changes to your body that you are undoubtedly noticing from top to bottom. So your belly at this stage is almost the least of it because you're probably not really showing yet. There's so much going on in your body beyond just growing that bump. Pretty much every inch of it is going to be affected by this experience. So you might start to notice like your hair, it's maybe starting to feel a little thicker. Your nails maybe are looking unusually good. Sometimes it's bad stuff. There's acne that can come on during pregnancy. All sorts of discharge coming from your nether regions. (laughs) So in today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about some of that TMI detail. But before we do that, we're going to tell you how big your baby is this week. For some reason, people are obsessed with comparing your baby to fruits and vegetables. So we are no different. (laughs) What's our fruit of the week, Julia? Nectarine. Nectarine. Although I feel a little bit like a nectarine can vary in size. So if you're trying to figure out what size, that's I don't know how helpful a nectarine is. It's probably not the jumbo size at this stage, right? (laughs) Um, Maybe a Twinkie, if everyone remembers what a Twinkie is. I think they're making them again. You know, they they stopped making them for a while. Erica, any examples of of how big the baby is this Uh, week? I was thinking a baseball or a tennis ball, two two things we have a lot of in our house. Maybe a small one, right? A racquetball? Maybe a racquetball, Mm. yeah. Or the bottom half of the muffin, like the part that sits in the pan, because you already ate off the top half. Right, Julia? (laughs) Absolutely. The top's the best bit. That's right. As we know from Seinfeld. So if you want more details about what's going on with your baby this week, beyond the silly stuff, but also the serious stuff, like, you know, how's your baby's development going and what might you want to be thinking about as a a mom-to-be, you can sign up for our daily pregnancy email at parents.com slash pregnancy daily, and we'll give you the scoop every single day. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Part of being pregnant is relinquishing all control over and any familiarity that you currently have with your body. Everything you thought you knew about your most intimate parts, your 
boobs, your vagina, you are probably going to start questioning again from your bra size to the shape and size of your nipples and even the color of your labia. Pregnancy is all-encompassing, so we're going to walk you through some of the weirder changes that you might experience. And, Julia, I have to pick on you because you're experiencing right now some of these weird changes. Like, what was the first thing that struck you? I would say boob tenderness, but also I think at the point of 14 weeks, your boob tenderness has sort of stopped, but your boobs just seemed to, at least mine, sort of seemed like they just keep growing. The one thing I know it's not a bad thing, but um, it is slightly annoying when you have things like you thought that your tops would always fit you. I sort of thought that there were certain things in my wardrobe that like, I was just thinking about the belly. So I was thinking, okay, well, at least certain my button down shirts, like I could at least button down a little bit. And then you realize, oh no, like your boobs definitely, for me, definitely grow before your belly grows. So my winter coat doesn't fit me, not around the belly. It's fine around the belly, but it's around my boobs. So that's kind of a bummer. You know, now I have to actually think about, you know, buying a new winter coat. So at this point, you've probably gone up like a cup size because you have this extra blood flow. And technically, it's coming into the milk ducts and getting you ready to nurse that baby. I cannot say enough about getting a good bra fitting. And you're going to need a couple of them during your pregnancy because your breasts are going to change repeatedly. And then if you nurse or even if you don't, when they start to shrink down to size, they're going to change again after you have the baby, and you're going to need the good bra fitter even more. Also, I couldn't wear my underwire bra anymore, partly because it was uncomfortable and also partly because they say you should try and go without the underwire if you can, because apparently the underwire can kind of conflict with the milk duct Mm -hmm. development. Now, I should say that if your breasts aren't ginormous yet, you shouldn't freak out about it because everybody develops at a different, (laughs) different pace, and the size of your breasts has really no bearing on the success that you might or might not have breastfeeding. So just wipe that <laughs> suspicion out of your mind. I, I can attest to that. My small little boobs were pregnancy underachievers, um, <laughs> but nursing, they were champs. So. Yeah. I remember the one thing that freaked me out was not so much the size, because that was kind of fun, but that all the blood vessels were engorged from fairly early on. So I would be looking at at my breasts and they would have like those red and blue lines leading to the nipples. Julia's pulling down her top right now to take a peek. (laughs) Like like the road map of your boobs. And again, it's just blood flowing through. Mm -hmm. But I remember thinking that was kind of weird. And then your nipples might change color. Did anybody else have that? Yeah, they get darker. Darker, right. Apparently so that the I don't even know if this is true. So the baby can find right? it. <gasps> yeah. Oh, really? That's mm-hmm. fascinating. So they're like little bullseyes. Evolution. <laughs> the baby's like, cool. yeah. <laughs> little homing instinct. And you'll probably see like there's spotting that might happen elsewhere on your body. It's very common to get what they call melasma, which are dark patches in the skin on your face. Mm-hmm. They don't always go away. I think I have one still on my cheek, but it was worth it. Let's talk about the vagina. (laughs) If you're familiar with what color your labia were before pregnancy, and I mean, I must be a really dull old-fashioned girl, but I didn't really focus so much on the color of my labia before pregnancy. But if you know what color they were before, you might be noticing that they're getting darker. And again, just blame it on blood flow. Like they may have a slightly bluish purple tinge. So don't be freaked out. That's just one and one of the other pregnancy side effects. And the other thing is it can feel a little heavier down there. I've 
sort of felt that, and I've read that before because of the blood flow. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you can just sort of be aware of your lady parts in a way that you just maybe <laughs> weren't before. <laughs> I'm thinking about my vagina yeah, right now. Pretty much. So another crazy thing is you can actually get varicose veins down there, pulsing kind of enlarged veins. It's really what it is is like a weakness, I think, in the wall of the blood vessel. So the blood is kind of pulsing when you have more blood flow down there. And it just gets worse as the baby gets bigger because the um, baby then, the weight of the baby starts to press on the pelvis. So these could pop out on your labia, on your inner thigh, somewhere in your groin. They generally go away. That's the good news. After delivery, you can put your feet up, take a warm bath, lay on your left side, which is some kind of circulation, hocus pocus. (laughs) Or, you know, obviously, if they're really bothering you, take that to your doctor as well. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Any other symptoms? The colostrum thing is is an interesting one. So that is the nutrient-dense liquid that your breasts produce before milk comes in. And that can actually start coming through as early as as 14 weeks. Wow. So you could, I mean, I got the colostrum, but not until I had the baby. Yeah. So some women are leaking colostrum the whole time they're pregnant. But apparently... What I have noticed, and this is the TMI episode, so I'm going to go TMI, um, it's like yellow flakes on my nipples. And I was sort of like Googling, because I Google everything, I should stop Googling, Googling that. And apparently, sometimes the colostrum can come through before you even realize it's like colostrum, and it just comes as like little dry flakes that you don't even So you look down and you're like, oh, my God, I have nipple dandruff. Exactly. (laughs) But then it's like, oh, there's a reason for that. So that's good. I'm normal, I think. Colostrum flakes. Colostrum flakes. Totally grossed out my husband with that, too. Speaking of um, awkward symptoms, I will say that you might have never had a yeast infection in your life and you are going to be at increased risk of them potentially while you're pregnant. It's just those hormones. So, you know, you can get bacterial vaginal infections, yeast infections. It can itch. The, The yeast infections are incredibly itchy. So if you're thinking, wow, I've never had this before, just blame it on pregnancy. You, you need to talk to your doctor about it. So if, if you have had them before and you've treated a yeast infection with an over-the-counter medication, you should just talk to your doctor first about how you should handle it while you're pregnant. So we're wondering if our listeners would like to share any TMI pregnancy moments yourselves. We'd like to hear them. You can tweet us the details at Parents Magazine with the hashtag PregnancyConfidential. This week's Relax You've Got This is about childbirth classes, what to expect, and whether they're really worth it. I took a childbirth class with my first pregnancy, and I'm really glad I did. But fewer and fewer women are taking childbirth classes now, and it's because there's a lot more information available on the Internet. You can watch other women give birth on the Internet. So, you know, that's one of the classic things they show you in the childbirth classes. Also, epidurals and C-sections are pretty popular, and people feel like they know a lot about them, again, thanks to the Internet. So I think the issue is that a lot of moms-to-be right now don't think they need to study up to give birth. I would say that you should. You should definitely, if you can possibly swing it, attend some kind of childbirth prep class. You're going to need to learn how to manage your pain, whether you get an epidural or not. Your partner might be involved in the birth, or you might have a doula, and just the kind of who does what and the logistics of it is really helpful to know. And often you can take a childbirth class that's at the hospital or affiliated with the hospital where you're planning to give birth if you're using a hospital. 
And so you'll actually learn about the procedure that your specific hospital uses. And you might find some things that you want to negotiate differently or consider doing differently. And this is your first heads up that, oh, they do it this way. I might need to talk to my doctor if I want to do it that way. They also will often give you all the paperwork to fill out in advance, which is nice. And there's actually some research to back this up. A study that looked at couples who either took a series of childbirth classes or just read about stuff, you know, the stuff, and they sent it to them in the mail. The participation in the actual class was linked to a better birth weight for the baby and a shorter hospital stay after birth for the mom. So if you have an option of taking a childbirth class, I think I would say sign up. Erica, what did you do? Did you take one? I did. With my first pregnancy, I took a class that was not specifically Bradley Method, but was based on the Bradley Method. I wanted to have a natural birth. That was my goal. I wasn't heart set on it. I was not wanting to feel like failure if I opted for the epidural, but that was my goal. So I wanted to be as prepared as possible, and I wanted my husband to be as involved as possible. And so we did take a pretty lengthy in-person series of classes. Yeah, that sounds a lot like what I did. And it it's not quite date night, but it is a great opportunity to kind of focus on your pregnancy with your partner because it goes by so quickly. And you might take pictures and share on social media, but there isn't always that kind of quiet moment to come together and just like wow, look at my belly, Mm -hmm. you know, in in all the hustle and bustle of of life. Most expectant parents start birthing classes when the mom-to-be is about seven months along. Julia, have you thought about whether you're going to do it? I just started thinking about it because it's New York and things get booked up very quickly. But, you know, a big thing that I, first of all, I don't know where where I'm going to stand on it when I get further along in my pregnancy, but right now I'm very open to the idea of of an epidural and going down the the drugs path. But I do hear that there's benefit to still going to these childbirthing classes because, you know, you don't know if you're necessarily going to be able to get an epidural. And I, I think it potentially helps you prepare in a good way. I also have had friends who were like definitely getting the epidural, then did one of these classes, and they were like, no, I'm definitely going to do the natural thing. So (laughs) I also think the thing I really like about what I've been reading about classes like this is um, meeting people. There's this one class I'm looking into. You get like a whole listserv of people to just be in touch with when the baby comes along, and you can kind of text each other at like four in the morning if you're in like crisis mode, and it's just a good way to meet other um, parents who are in a similar situation. And, you know, childbirth is kind of like politics in that there's like an equal time ruling, and we've talked a little bit about the Bradley method, so I think we should just introduce (laughs) the fact that there are other methods. Um, Lamaze is probably the most common one. And that really focuses on a natural and a healthy birth, not surprisingly, with or without medication. And I would say that's kind of the difference between Lamaze and Bradley. Bradley, really, as as Erica said, you're you're being prepared to go in and try to give birth without pain meds. And it casts your partner in the role of being your birth coach. How did that go? It went well. I ended up going into labor three weeks early. And so the fact that my husband was a little bit more clear-headed in the moment and was sort of looking through the book that we'd been given in the material and saying, oh, I don't think it's false labor. I think this is, you're in transition. It was helpful that he knew what to expect as much as you can and that he was prepared. The other two methods are the Alexander technique, which is 
it's very movement focused about how you use your body and your posture. You should see me. I'm like wiggling around right now while I'm describing <laughs> yeah. it. And then very hot in recent years is hypnobirthing, which uses self-hypnosis techniques for natural childbirth. So, Erica, is there any one little nugget of great information from your childbirth class that you can remember that you would like to share? One thing that my childbirth instructor told us at the very beginning of the class was that for a first-time mom, the average length of labor is 24 hours. I don't know if that is, in fact, accurate, but hearing that really sort of opened my eyes to the fact that, wow, this could be a very lengthy process, and it's not necessarily the way you see it in the movies of, ah, your water breaks, huge splash, rush to the hospital, (laughs) have a baby 20 minutes later. My labor was thankfully not that long, But I also know people who were in labor for days. And so it was just for me kind of eye-opening right from the beginning to think of this as, oh, it might be more of a marathon than a sprint. That's it for Pregnancy Confidential for this section. Our producer is Sarah Abdurrahman. Zach Dinerstein is our engineer. Thanks also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. Please let us know what you think of the show. You'll find us on Twitter at Parents Magazine, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Parents Magazine, or Instagram at, you guessed it, Parents Magazine. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us in iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to leave us a rating or a comment when you subscribe. It helps other people discover the show. Unlike other podcasts, you don't need to wait a week for the next episode. If you want a sneak peek of what the weeks ahead hold for you, you can listen to the next episode right now. 